Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And today is a little bit of a full circle moment because we are so happy to welcome to the show author K.A. Tucker, who I'm sure you've never heard of before, who never heard of mentioned on this podcast. She she didn't write, you know, like uh, one of my favorite books. I don't know, like <laughs> something about Alaska, maybe like a guy named Jonah, a girl named after a flower. Yeah, it's just not really ringing a bell. <laughs> No, of course she wrote one of our absolutely favorite books. Honestly, I think, Phoebe, this was like the first book that – was it this one of the first ones I recommended to you and then like you like love, 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 loved it. Like it's like – it is a Phoebe book now. It is associated as a Phoebe book. Yeah, I think so because we like – I think we like met technically in a a buddy read for a memoir. (laughs) Did we? Yeah, for Know My Name. Cause, really? Yeah, because remember you followed me first, and I didn't follow you until then. And you Sounds were like, right. you're like, oh yeah, it took you like noticing me in a group chat to follow me back. <laughs> she did it out of obligation, folks. That's that's it. She was just like, oh, I'm in this buddy read with this girl. Well, I'm it's not like her. you ever like DM'd me <laughs> uh, until I shoot. I shot my shot, and here we are filming and a podcast together. Two and a half years late. Well, I technically coming up on three because that was in the fall of 2019. Oh my gosh, you're um, right. So yes, the Simple Wilds uh, is probably the book that we talk about the most by Kay Tucker, but she has an extensive backlist. She's written romantic suspense novels. I actually just got a new book by her, Be That Girl, in the mail last week. Um, it was an exclusive edition through Mystic Box, and it's stunning. Like it's the prettiest cover I've ever seen. And so many other books, including like sequel and a spinoff of The Simple Wild. Yes, and she her latest fantasy series, uh, the second book, just came out and she has the 10 Tiny Breath series. And this was just a really fun conversation to have with her. And it was, I don't know, I, I say this every time, but I will never get over being able to speak to these authors and just be like, I love your books and how did these things come about and it was just a really really fun conversation and she doesn't live that too far from me now she lives about two hours away from me wow but in Canada but in Canada yeah well here is Phoebe's interview with Kay Tucker Welcome to Read It or List It. I'm here today with author K.A. Tucker. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know I absolutely adore her books. And this is a day that I've been very much looking forward to. So welcome to the show. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Uh, Thank you for having me. And so I'm I'm K.A. Tucker or Kathleen. Uh, I am a, a Canadian author I live just outside of Toronto with my family and my dog, obviously, which is part of my family. And I write a mix of contemporary and women's fic, um, sorry, contemporary romance. I have some thriller and suspense. I have, uh, I'm working on a fantasy series. So I'm rather eclectic in my genres that I that I write across. (laughs) I've been doing this now. I've been writing full time for nine years. Sorry, nine years, I think. Yeah. Anyway, um, before that, I was in the corporate world. So this was not ever a path that I had planned to take. And then when I started writing, I realized that this was this was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So it's, it's kind of it's worked out. 
Well, we are incredibly grateful. I think there are so many people. I think obviously uh, The Simple Wild is a book that you're very much known for in a book that is constantly floating around online. It is, I think I've read it four times now because it's just when the world feels bad, I'm just like, I just want to go hang out with Cal and Jonah. Uh, <laughs> there's just something about the, I, I think it's the, between the descriptions of the landscape and then just like the the found family that's out there, I think it's just so like comforting to a lot of people because I get messages every day from people like, I finally read The Simple Wild because of you. And like, I already want to read it again. I'm so glad there's more in that world. But you also have a very impressive backlist. So I'm excited to chat about all of that. And I, and I really do appreciate all of the support, obviously, especially behind Simple Wild. It's it, It's been fantastic over the last few years just with um, word of mouth and and the readers who have new readers daily coming to me having discovered that series so it's I love that what's what was the inspiration behind the simple wild because you didn't visit Alaska till recently correct that's right yeah I was there in September for the first time that was so fun to see so how did you create this I mean I know you the, the wolf hotel series takes place I always want to say wolf hall but that is a completely different thing <laughs> um, <laughs> the wolf hotel series takes place in Alaska as well right right but that so that's just a very that's a very different not realistic view of yeah Alaska. that was a let's let's pick a cool location and you know and and go there and that that was a, a very and a very different series from the Simple Wild series in, in many, many ways. And I wasn't necessarily, uh, that wasn't, you know, kind of an ode to the, the location or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with the Simple Wild, it actually started, we have a cottage in Northern Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm always, I'm there every summer, obviously. And uh, I was sitting on the beach and there was on, on our lake, on the other side of the lake, there was a man who had a, a float plane. And he would take off and come back all day long. I'd see this plane, you know, taking off and coming back in. And I'd always wonder, where is he going? And, and what's he doing? And what does it look like from up there looking down? And how, you know, how far away is he flying? Because in Northern Ontario, not, not where we are, really. um, But the further you go, the more isolated it is. Mm -hmm. And, and it does get to the point where you can only really travel by, by plane, um, you can't just easily drive in. So, I mean, that's way further, but anyway, that, that just watching that, it, it just stirred some questions in my mind. And then, and then from there, it was just a tiny little thread. And I thought, oh, well, wow, that would be a really cool story. You know, a character that who's a bush pilot and, and obviously then there's got to be the romance. And, <laughs> um, and originally I was looking at something in Northern Ontario because Cal is Canadian. I, and I really didn't want I would love and, and want to set as many books as I can in Canada. Just with more research, it just seemed like at first that then I was looking at the Yukon, um, which is right beside Alaska, but it's Canadian. And then, yeah, and then, and then the more research I did about Alaska, like actual real landscape research, I, um, I kind of really decided on Western Alaska. It seemed to make the most sense. It was, it's an area that isn't really written about it even when you think about Alaska you think about the eastern side of it mm-hmm. and uh and and then the more I researched about the tundra and the people and the villages and the isolation I thought this is perfect so um that's that's really how that that happened with Alaska yeah I always tell people um if you like liked the great alone but you want a little bit of a happier ending <laughs> 
you. <laughs> I love that book. I loved it. Yeah. Well, because people yeah. always ask me, they're like, what other books are set in Alaska? And I'm like, I check all the time to find where there's not really a lot out there that aren't like nonfiction, which obviously is super important, but a lot of people want to be transported and, you know, having that, the fiction aspect, I think just, you know, allows you to fall into a story a little bit more. So, oh, I love that. Uh, We, I live in Buffalo now. I'm originally from Connecticut. So Toronto is not far away from us. So close. You're like two hours away. (laughs) Yeah, no, because we, I mean, I went to college in Niagara Falls and obviously the drinking age is 19 versus 21. So we were always (laughs) walking. I was like, we would walk across the bridge. I'm like, this is so strange. Like, yeah, you're in a different country and the laws are different. Yeah. It's fantastic. And uh, the, I think my junior year, I think it was like, uh, it was either 2013 or 2014. The falls froze and we had a snow day and or we had two snow days back, uh, back to back. And the second day was like the dig out day. So it was nice and sunny. And we were like, let's just like go to Canada and we'll take pictures of the falls and because they were frozen and it was like a moment right. in history. I, re- um, I remember that. I remember it where it was all over the news. That the yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, just one of the seven wonders of the world. But we, I, we have the same headshot photographer, Dahlia Katz as well. Oh, she's amazing. Isn't yeah. she? She's yeah. a delight. Um, I haven't seen, I, she took my headshots when I was in college and that was many moons ago now. Um, so I've not seen her in a while. Anyway, getting back to books. So coming from the corporate world, why romance? Cause that's, I mean, most of your, your work is in the romance genre. Like how did that come about? As a reader, I've always loved romance. Um, mm. even it's funny. Um, so I was in a huge fantasy reading binge, I guess you could call it through a lot of my twenties. And, but a lot of those books were written by men. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so they would, they, they don't, they would never call them, you know, love stories or, or, you know, focus on the romance per se for the, for a fantasy, but there's, there is even romance in those st- stories. And anytime that those, that those elements were in there, those were the stories that I, and those parts that I really gravitated towards so I've I've just always loved romance even you know even with movies even with Lord of the Rings I'm like there's romance in it I need it you know (laughs) and uh yeah I've so I've always I've always gravitated naturally towards romance stories so Mm -hmm. and I and I I enjoy storytelling so yeah but I don't I don't even I don't know other than to say that's just been my that's been my thing all along I always think it's so funny, like, especially now on TikTok, I always see people like looking back at the things that like we loved as children. And you're like, oh, all I literally cared about in that story was the romance. My reading habits as an adult make so much sense. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I mean, y- y- sure, you love the you, you love the world building, you love the story, you love everything. But when I pick up a book that doesn't have romance in it, um, it might have all of those other fantastic things, but I always, when I finish that book, I feel like something's missing. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I, it's, I always tell people, um, and they're like, how do I get into reading it? I'm like, once you start, you won't stop because <laughs> there's something so um, comforting in the tropes, like where you're like, oh, I know I'm going to enjoy this or like seeing different takes on, you know, rivals to lovers or friends to lovers and all like there feels like it would be repetitive, but I feel like love is such a universal thing that we all understand and no two love stories will ever be the same. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I love it. I've 
fully embraced being a romance reader now. But so you started, I mean, you have uh, published books traditionally and independently. So what is like the difference between that? Is there a way that you prefer? Well, so I started indie and then, and that was when it was just, so when I say indie, I mean self-publish. Um, and that it was very much just a hobby at that time because I was mm. still working full-time. I had two very, very young children. And then things just kind of snowballed and, and the offers started coming in with 10 Tiny Breaths. That book did extremely well. And then, you know, I had an agent and then I all of a sudden had a, a deal from a publisher and it wasn't a one book it was you know for a full series and at that point I had to make a decision it was it was one or the other I couldn't continue having this corporate world job and yeah. then also and and the writing job and then and also being a mom so something had to give it was a risky decision but a very easy decision to make mm-hmm. to leave the corporate world at that point I knew this is what I wanted to be doing and it was a it was a choice. It, it was a choice that I had to. And from there, I was with a publisher for, I think I want to say six years. So I have just uh, once I, I signed several contracts with them. And then um, at the end of, sorry, very beginning of 2020. So when I released Wild at Heart was when I was free to to um, independently publish again. There's, there's benefits to both sides of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there's drawbacks to both sides of things. But I right now at this moment I am very happy and by choice I am I am independently publishing yeah I mean uh we had Tessa Bailey on in December and she was like there's just something like really satisfying about like when you want to put a book out you can put a book out especially through 2020 and now I I know so many of my friends started reading again because they had you know on weekends you weren't going out to brunch or going to see shows or anything. And so being able to, for lack of a better term, feed your readership and, uh, you know, give them books uh, every, you know, six months or so, as opposed to a year or a year and a half is probably very fulfilling. Yes. Well, it's just, you have so much more flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. You, you get, you call your, all your own shots, which is a double-edged sword because you call your, all your own shots. And so, but at the same time, many people, including myself now have, you know, a team and a publicist Mm -hmm. um, and and people there to help with, to bounce ideas off. Uh, Some people have assistants, you know, even, even pooling and talking to fellow authors, if you need help with decisions. I mean, you know, we make it work. Whereas with when you're in a publishing contract, you have all of those, that team behind you, really, they're making all the decisions. Sometimes they're coming in and, and getting your input. I was fortunate with things like covers and such. Um, I always had input in that. And, and if you're the type of person who enjoys flexibility and enjoys being able to you know, to pivot with the times, basically, I, independently publishing is, is fantastic. So one question I did, we talked about this um, on our podcast a while back because I'm an actor. So I come from that world. The Simple Wild was traditionally published. It was published with Atria. And then obviously Wild at Heart was independently published. So how does that work? Because like if, so if I were to like sell an idea to Netflix, that was like my own idea and it was canceled after one season, I then would not be allowed to do a second season like on YouTube like I couldn't independently publish it like or independently create it 
So they don't like own the characters or anything like that? Um, so it depends on your contract, really. Mm. So it depends on your contract and it depends on your permissions. Um, so what you go in with when you sign a contract and, and some people have specific stipulations saying that the author owns owns the world um, and the and the characters, um, sometimes the publisher will d- insist on owning the world and the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they could potentially say, no, you're not allowed to, you know, to go without permission, you know, and then you have to ask for permission. So, um, you know, it really, it, it all depends on your contract. Well, I'm so glad you were able to, because that is, I think my favorite sequel I've ever read, like, I I remember finishing it and I was like, this is like how you do a sequel. Like (laughs) I just was, and everybody says it's just such a satisfying follow-up. There's just so, there was so much, um, you know, so much more to be told for their story. So it was a no brainer, but I, I just wrote it the way that I wanted to write it. And I knew some people might feel that it might be a bit too slow for them because it doesn't have the same, maybe, um, you know, pull as the first one, the simple wild, but for me, it's very character based and people yes. love Kala and Jonah, you know, so it was very easy. And then, and then bringing in all the new characters and I was worried about keeping the story fresh, but moving them to the other side of Alaska then allowed me to create a whole new world really. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had kept them where the, where they were, it would not have worked. And, and I would have been bored writing it. You guys would have been bored reading it. Yeah. So I was, I was very happy to be able to do that and, and bring the story to life that way. And I always tell people that it feels so realistic to me because, you know, in a perfect world, yeah, like, you know, we would still have Ren and they could pick up life, you know, in Banger and, but making those like sacrifices for a relationship is something like I my husband used to travel all the time we call him the yeti because he's got like a big beard and he he (laughs) flew he doesn't fly planes but he flies people on stage (laughs) so uh that's why everybody's like that's why you like this book because Jonah reminds you of your husband I'm like well yeah like (laughs) we all have a type whether it's a fictional person or not making those sacrifices and like continuing building a life together versus just the because so many romance novels you get your happily ever after and like maybe an epilogue but like I think that as someone who's been in a relationship for 10 years like you want to know what the everyday looks like and the days that are not oh he you know that we're not having this romantic uh cabin moment you know when the days that are hard and I think that's why that's why I love it so much um I love them both for different reasons but I just like being a part of the world their world um and then obviously the world expanded with running wild which came out in January and I mean I think I when you announced that book everyone was like Marie Oh, I know. Nobody wanted it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. My DMs were popping off that day, and I was like, "If there's anyone who will do it well, it's it's K.A. Tucker. Like, she's not gonna let us down." Like, and I just, I don't know. I thought that my best friend has been single for a very long time, and I seeing that side of someone who feels like, did I miss out on my person? Like, a very cool aspect of romance to explore. And getting to see more of this, this world in Alaska. Yes. Um, and I always, so I knew when I was writing and finishing Wild at Heart at that point, I knew that 
Marie deserved her own story mm-hmm. and or that she would be very inter- it would be very interesting to write a story with her um but I also knew when I announced it that you know people people were not generally happy about it or excited <laughs> about it and they're like I'll just read it because Kala and Jonah are hopefully going to be in it and I'm like you know what you you guys just wait I'm gonna I'm gonna do this um I was nervous to be fair um because I thought if I write this and nobody reads it that kind of sucks but um but I, I, I think I was probably, I knew the first, I knew how I was going to open it right away. As soon as I thought about, about that scene of the prologue, I was like, yes, this is it. And then, and then diving into the kind of today's world. Um, by the end of the first chapter, I loved Marie. All right. Me too. So <laughs> I was like, so okay. yeah, I thought, you know what, if man, if people don't like her after this, I, I don't, I can't help you, <laughs> but and I was but, like, well, of um, course, we're not supposed to like her. We're we're in Kala's head, and like, yeah. she is like, you know, of course, like you, if you put herself in, you know, and vice versa. But I was like, Marie never. I mean, I know that there's the the conversation that that they have in Wild and Heart that people are always like, you know, she says mean things about her. I'm like, yeah, but like, she loves her boyfriend, like. <laughs> Well, I mean, and she, and she's also his best friend and she's also trying to be supportive of him. And I will I mean, say though, is- in forever wild, I said, I was like, if I was walking down that aisle, <laughs> she was, I was like, I would have turned around. <laughs> oh, I've had people like, how could you make her the bride, the maid of, or the, like the best, best man. Woman. <laughs> how could you, how, yeah. The best woman. How could you do that? I'm like, because it makes sense Yes, because it makes sense for the story. <laughs> and frankly, if Jonah had written her off, I, to me, I would have, I, that would have been a, a mark against him in my opinion, especially yeah. now that we know Marie and mm-hmm. we know her backstory we know their backstory because Kala is the one that came in, right? And mind right. you, Marie, Marie's um, hopes and and for what their relationship were going to be were not necessarily shared or, yes. or at all. They were not shared <laughs> at all. Um, but you know, you could see how she might be holding out, holding out for that. I mean, yeah. she's if. if yeah, she's not the just, first woman in history to do something no, like that no absolutely not right so I mean it's it's kind of it's yeah it's not the most shocking shocking yeah. position to be in and so I felt bad for her um and I I've always said that I thought that she was misunderstood and I, I she wasn't ever really evil or spiteful or vindictive yeah um she was she was human right and I was like I was like no you're not being honest if you never had a crush on someone that wasn't reciprocated and they were with someone else and you were like well maybe if I just you know right place right time like maybe he'll choose me or vice versa but I always say you like you know how to write a man like (laughs) (laughs) I was like Tyler Brady so I am a Buffalo Bills fan. So I do not like the New England Patriots at all. And so I was like, to, to get behind someone whose number one last name is Brady and also has the initials TV, I was like, this is going to be, a, this is going to be a stretch for me. But like very early on, I was like, oh, I like him. Like I, I liked their relationship. I liked how things played out. Um, I liked how, I liked his backstory. Like with uh having to you know move forward with grief like that's I think that's something that you know we don't really see a lot of no I and I wanted it to be 
um, I wanted the, the conflict between the two of them or the challenge between the two of them to be very, what's, I don't know what the right word is, but I didn't want it to be contrived. I didn't want it to be like, oh, I just don't know, you know, or, or no, I just want to be friends for no reason. Or, mm -hmm. um, you know, oh, I just broke up with my girlfriend and I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. You know, I, I felt like it needed to be um, something deeper than that. Yeah, for sure. Found right for his struggle to and and the way that their relationship unfolded, there needed to be a real struggle. And it's funny, um, you know, sometimes people I've done a few of these um, podcasts and book clubs and things, and people have said, "Well, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe he he was a bit maybe wishy washy, or you know, couldn't he, you know, why did he go one way and then take a few steps back?" And I thought, well, he's he's grieving, and he's also um, human. <laughs> And he's also human. And, and it makes, to me, it makes complete sense that when you're immersed in a great, you know, you could be grieving and then kind of not swallowed up, but distracted, right. By something that's really, really great. Like a situation, say with Marie. And then when you're removed from that situation, all of a sudden all that grief just comes back and really hits you hard. Mm -hmm. And, and, and you have a moment of well, what am I doing? This is, this is not right. This is wrong. I, I panic, you know, and, and that's to me, very, very natural. People don't just flip a switch one day and say, okay, I'm done grieving and I'm, I'm going to just make a decision and move on and no problem. Especially when her legacy was so close to like his everyday life, like having her dog, her teams or her team of dogs um, and, you know, competing and all of that, like it was his everyday life was living her legacy. So I think it makes sense. And I mean, there's, it's a book, there's supposed to be conflict. Like there has to be something. There has to be, otherwise it's not very interesting. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, I could talk about this series forever and ever. Um, but also I want to talk about a couple of your other books. You've been, you branched into fantasy, obviously book two for that comes out the spring? It's, uh, well, it's supposed to come in July. And right now it's, as far as I know, it's still coming in July. I'm writing it and, uh, I'm not done it, so I'm <laughs> writing it and I hope everything goes well. <laughs> uh, what has it been like branching into fantasy? It's been, uh, it's fantastic for me. I'm, like I said, I've always been a fantasy lover and, um, I, so it was last January. So this is something that has been kind of on, in the back on the back burner for years mm -hmm. um, and I started plotting a fantasy back way back in 2015 and I'm not a big plotter at all but I started mm -hmm. you know really writing notes and 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 I'm like I want to write this book and I, I really want to write it and so I was starting to write um, and and then kind of saving the file and moving off because I was in under contract then I had other books to write um, and writing fantasy is, is quite, it, it's a big undertaking, right? Because it's not just the characters, it's the world building, et cetera. And, uh, and so every year I would just, January, for some reason, I would open the file up and I'd start working a bit more and then I'd save it and move off to the next thing, the right time. And January, when we were all locked down here in Ontario, we were locked down like for the entire winter. Um, kids were home, everything. And I, I could not, I was supposed to be writing the hustler next door, which is a sequel to the player next door. I was going to ask I'm, about that series yeah, later. <laughs> yeah. So I was supposed to be writing that and I'm, I'm in my, I, I sat down and I was like, I cannot write this book. I do not care about fluffy, you know, small town, contemporary rom-com vibes. I cannot write this book. I, I need something very different. And so I decided, you know what, this is, this is it. I'm going to start writing my fantasy. 
So, and that's what I did. I sat down writing in January and it was, it was such a great escape. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it's really, um, it's a, because I'm a mood writer. So, you know, you, I can be a mood reader, which I am, but I'm also a mood writer. And I don't typically, I'm not typically able to write back to back the same type of book. So mm-hmm. if I, I finished running wild and release it in January, if I now had to go write another book in that series, I couldn't, I could not do it. I need to go write something completely new, completely fresh. Um, and so to be able to jump into fantasy, I feel like it stretches my brain in a different yeah. direction and it just feels, it just feels very different and very, it feels great. I love that. I started writing in 2020 because I had nothing to do. Theaters were closed. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes a lot of sense to be a mood writer so the pulse and falls series are we ever gonna get the next one well yes you are. <laughs> that is like the, the honestly that's the only book that I have kind of a solid outline on because I, because I don't I don't plot whatsoever um but I have over the last few years learned how to outline so really and when I say outline outline I mean like a loosey-goosey one page but for that book I have three pages outlined of a story so I do plan on writing it I am hoping this fall is is the magic time that I write this book oh, amazing um, once <laughs> once I'm done so once I write finish the fantasy book I'm I'm probably going to be you know belly up and exhausted for several months because it, it is quite draining and yeah. um so I'll want it. I, I'll need to take the summer, and if it releases in the summer, I'll take the summer off anyway for for all of the for cottage stuff. season and cottage season. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. So the I, you know, I say this every single year that I'm going to take the summer off just to focus on time with my kids, and every single year I'm somehow on a deadline and I'm writing. Um, so I'm really hoping this is the year that 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 is not the case that I really uh, need to take the time. So something I always like to ask authors with a very like long backlist is what is a book of yours that you don't think people read enough? Like a book that you would love to see get recommended more? Oh gosh. Um, well, I mean, I can't like the simple wild has been fan- like, it's been incredibly recommended, which, which is amazing. Um, you know what I would say either, um, so there's Burying Wild, which is the first book in a series, and it's like kind of a it's it's very romance heavy, but it's um, but there's more suspense to it, and it's mm-hmm. um, it's set in um, in like the mid not Midwest, well Oregon, like that area, Pacific um, Northwest. Yeah, Pacific North. That's I'm like why am I blank? Pacific Northwest. Yes, um, and then a little town, a mountain town called Sisters. And uh, so that story is darker, but it, and it, but it has that concept of found family as mm-hmm. well. It has, um, it has all of the elements of the atmosphere. So the, the mountainous small town atmosphere um, and it's male and female points of view. So the, the heroine, um, points of view that's that to me was uh, and it's got a cranky old lady neighbor so I love cranky old people <laughs> or I should say I love writing them I know um, I have such a soft spot for Roy like I, yeah he was he was he's one of my faves but uh yeah so I would say that's that bearing water would be one and then I would say be the girl as well so that's when I released in uh, 2019 I think or 18 I think it was 2019 though um and that is actually it's a YA 
kind of mm. an upper YA contemporary, and it's um, it is set in Canada, um, and it is about a a girl who, with her mother, moves um, because of something that you know some terrible circumstances that happened in her current high school situation, um, and so they move in with uh, an uncle, basically an older man. Um, who's also a little bit grumpy and I, I guess maybe <laughs> I don't know if I I maybe grew up around a lot of grumpy old people I don't know my but he this one um this one kind of reminds me a lot of my grandfather so one of my so um a, a lot of his things about him are very much modeled after that grandpa but uh and so she moves into this this small town to start over and she's living next door to um, a family, a lovely family, and the the girl has autism, and so she and I modeled her very much after my daughter who has autism. Mm-hmm. Um, that and, one was just on sale recently, wasn't it? Yeah, so I put it out on for free yesterday actually oh, okay. because uh, for World Autism Day, mm-hmm. so um, I put that up for free and uh, on ebook, and um, but I have a giveaway actually running right now. Oh, so nice. But, um, but yeah. Um, And so, of course, uh, the main character befriends the girl next door, as well as, you know, she has a crush on her older brother, who's, you know, the kind of the star local hockey player, this, that, and everything else. So it's just that, to me, that story means a lot to me, and um, I think it has some very strong messages. So I would say those two, probably, I would love for more people to pick up. We'll have to make sure that we link them and everything. <laughs> um, I know one of my friends, when I, because when I became obsessed with The Simple Wild, she then went and read, I'm pretty sure almost every single book that you have read, like written, which I haven't even done. Because um, <laughs> she was like, oh, what? why is his name escaping me? Oh, Nicholas Sparks. She was like, I thought I liked romance because like I read all of Nicholas Sparks books, but now, no, I really like romance. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's um, awesome her daughter's birthday was last weekend and I was like guess who I'm talking to next weekend and she was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um, yeah she has three young daughters and she just like she's like I you know she re Kay Tucker's books like reignited the fact that like at night I put them to bed and then I want to sit down with my kindle and like enjoy like time on my own um which is very special all right well I don't want to take up too much of your time so what are you working on right now that you can tell us besides like, are we, are we getting any more in the simple wild universe? <laughs> uh, so there's definitely no answer to that. Um, I, that's question is being asked daily. Yeah, I would, <laughs> but, I would imagine so. But, People uh, ask me I'm, and I'm like, do you think I, I'm not a publicist? <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, or, or sorry, um, I have like, I have an idea for a potential book in that series. And I will say, because people are always asking for more of Kala and Jonah or more of Marie and Tyler. I don't see either of them or those couples getting their own book, like another of their own book. Um, I, I, I'm not a big fan of extending stories for the sake of extending stories, yeah. um, which is how I feel giving them there are that it's almost like that tv show that should have ended in season four but it's somehow yes. still lingering at season seven we don't need no, Grey's anatomy <laughs> yeah like i have i have no interest in in doing that now um if you've read running wild then you know that cal and jonah are so very they're prominent prominently included in that story um and you do get a great kind of what's happening with them now vibe mm. without 
having to, um, you know, me to create drama, say, for example, to right. Let them live, let them live. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, um, you know, do I have an idea for a potential next story of a, a, a totally different character? Absolutely. Will I write it? I don't know. Will I commit to it anytime soon? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I look forward to um, the second book and the fantasy series and the hustler next door, whenever we, we get it. Right, it um, shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I read the player next door. So um, when with the Broadway shutdown, my husband lost his job and we had to leave New York City and I was devastated. It was not what I wanted. And uh, I went home to Connecticut to my parents' house and we were staying there for a couple weeks and I had the player next door with me and I like read it. And I think like, I don't know, in a day. And I just remember I was like sitting outside in my parents' backyard and my mom was like, you really like that book. <laughs> I was it's, like, it's just, just fun. Yeah. It's just fun and flirty. And that's what the intention was. And I always go in with my books and I kind of, I always try and decide, okay, what is this? what is this story going to, to be for? And I, and I knew the player next door, that's, you know, that's not the simple wild. So people are trying to pick up, you know, that player next door expecting the same kind of women's fit contemporary vibes as those. Mm-hmm. No, you're not going to get that. Yeah. I, and hustler next door. I don't know when that will come, but that will also be fun and flirty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which we all need. Um, exactly. Right? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. This truly has been such a joy for me. I always feel very, very privileged when I get to speak to the authors who've created some of my favorite stories. Um, So I thank you so much for your generous time. Um, Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Well, I just wanted to say thank you for having me, obviously, because, um, you know, with all of my books, the word of mouth has always been the most powerful um, tool to get people picking up my books and reading them. in Simple Wild has been especially the case with that. It's all, it's hundred percent been word of mouth. There's no, there's no big, you know, marketing spend, marketing <laughs> budgets or anything like that. So it's just, it's been, I've loved watching that, that series grow and those characters kind of get introduced to more and more people as the days and the weeks pass. So I really do appreciate people like yourself who are you know, constantly sharing um, your love of, of books and, and reading. So I do really appreciate it. Oh, well, well, it's a, it's a, we work in tandem because if you write the books, I will talk about them. Perfect. <laughs> Happily. Well, thank you so much. Um, and we look forward to all of the new books to come. Um, I'll have everything that we talked about linked in our show notes. Um, thank you so much, Kathleen. That was so fun, even though my dog did bark a couple times, (laughs) but she was a great sport about it. And I haven't read a ton of her backlist, but every time she talks about her books, I'm always so, I'm like reminded of how full the characters are and Mm -hmm. they're so fun to read. Yeah. And I feel like the romantic suspense genre specifically, which I think is a good amount of her backlist, maybe not all of them, but a few that I have on my shelf that I bought when I after I read The Simple Wild and I was like yes I want more of this I went and ordered like a bunch of her other books and I feel like that genre is something that I'm really like tuning into this year I love mm-hmm. the idea of having a mystery component to my romance books or like having a love story and a mystery kind of simultaneous so that whenever you know, there are those low moments in the romance. You've got the mystery that can pick up and vice versa. 
Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it gives it a little bit more, um, I think it's like a little bit of a cross genre for people mm-hmm. who maybe don't read a lot of romance but love mysteries or thrillers and then you pick up a romance you're like oh I want this but I don't want all of the you know quote unquote like cheesy aspects of a romance that maybe a, a thriller reader doesn't like it's like right. a great marriage between the two or it's like a gateway because, you know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of us that, I know this isn't you, Phoebe, but this was me. I was the thriller reader exclusively. Like when I joined Bookstagram, social media centered around books, I was reading exclusively thrillers. Um, and then I just pivoted hard to romance. And now I'm like experiencing that connection between the two genres Mm -hmm. and it is very satisfying yeah I'm a huge fan of it so especially if you like the show like Yellowstone or the the, if you've read the Devney Perry books that Ashley's been recommending a lot check out some of K.A. Tucker's backlist because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with what you have to find and of course if you haven't read the Simple Wild series oh so good one of our all-time favorites slow burn I'd say it's still like one that I would you know obviously I'm reading things that are a little bit higher on the spice scale than that is but it's a book that I would recommend to a lot of people to start out in the romance genre and she has book I mean like the pulse and fall series which it starts with the players next door or the Mm -hmm. player next door excuse me that is definitely higher on the spice scale for her books. And, like, the Wolf Hall series is for yes. sure. We talk about that yes. a little bit in the interview, if, if you'll remember, where, you know, she's like, that's really different. Like, I just, I just picked Alaska because it was, like, a cool place, but it's a totally yeah. different style. And than- that's, that's what I love about authors that bo- both do traditional publishing and also indie publishing. I feel like you can really see – to different they get to explore different I don't know different ways of writing and expressing yeah. themselves in like different feels to their books because totally totally right that like the simple wild is a very different vibe from like the wolf hotel right or something like that, and so. that's always something that I've talked about in the sense of like when it comes to like character authenticity mm-hmm. in a book because the spice scale in it happened one summer by Tessa Bailey is totally different than hook line and sinker Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's with the same author. It's just the same in the same universe uh, of where the series takes place, but it's just what was authentic to the characters. And I don't know. I think that it is a fascinating thing to see from authors. So if you haven't picked up AKA Tucker, today is a great day to start. You know where to find us on social media at Read and Write and at Shelf underscore Shelf Love underscore and at Read It or List It Pod. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.